Hey Coyotes fans and welcome to the first ever regular season wrap-up with the Chirpin' Yotes. I am Tyler as always joined by Stathead Grandy and my main man Chase. Boys, how are we uh, feeling postseasonly this time? Excited to be watching playoff hockey. Really bummed that it's not us playing. Um, but excited if not a little nervous for what the future holds for the Coyotes. So we shall... We shall see. It's going to be a fun, fun off season. Yeah, if I agree with you. It's obviously a great time of year. Hockey playoffs are the best in the biz in the sporting world. Um, obviously, still disappointed. Yeah, I mean, you know, we kind of knew there even before those last couple of games that uh, we were done. But uh, you know, when that final game finally comes and you do know that it's over, it, it just kind of stinks as a fan, um, you know, but uh, it's rough, but, uh, you know, excited for what the future holds and, you know, see who can come away with the cup this year and hopefully we start building for the future. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, a little bittersweet when the season ends early. I do like making playoffs, but we had a bit of a collapse, we could say. The last little bit there, besides these last two or three games, we played pretty well. It's good that the boys went out and Finished strong. I did, you know, like to watch those games. Uh, any summary of uh, or any summary of thoughts those last couple games? Anything you want to note before we start kind of getting into this thing? Yeah, it was really nice to see the young kids come up, Yannick and Soderstrom come up and do really, really well. Actually, um, it's no secret that Yannick is my favorite Coyotes prospect, and he has been, and he will be going forward. But. What what I what I was really pleasantly surprised about was just how much Soderstrom had improved by leaps and bounds since the last time he had played. Um, just played a really heady, strong two way game. Um, didn't look lost. Didn't look like the moment was too big, and. Yeah, Soderstrom just looked amazing in those last two games. And Yannick, he had his moments. He had those two the two goals, obviously, but there was also moments where he was pretty clearly overmatched, just physically not ready to bang with the big boys up here. Yeah. And so has his training wheels yeah, on. Yeah, he's 20. It's, that's not to be his surprise. Hopefully in the offseason he can get in instead of having to recoup from an injury, he can get into a strength program and just put on some muscle and put on some weight and then uh, come up ready, more ready next season. But I also wouldn't be shocked to see him start the next season in the minors. I would be shocked. I would be shocked to see Soderstrom start in the minors though the way he looked. I just, I thought he really impressed me, and I have not been the biggest Soderstrom fan, as you boys well know. Uh, what a, what about you, Chase? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, kind of going into those last couple of games, uh, knowing that we realistically didn't have a chance, it, it was kind of exciting to see the, the kids come up and kind of take over a little bit there. Um, I agree with uh, your assessment on, on their play. Um, Yannick, you know, he it's just kind of one of those things where it was his first call up, all that good stuff, kind of dip his toes in the water. 
And you can see the tools and stuff like that are there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he develops, the, like you said, kind of maybe bulking up a little bit. Um, he is very young still. And so, I mean, it's just that's promising for me to see. And I agree on Sutterstrom. I'd, I'd be shocked if he's not on the NHL club to at least start out the year next year. He did play extremely well for us. Um, you know, it's, it's cool to see those young guys come up and kind of instantly get involved and, um, you know, put up some points for us as well, even though the games didn't much matter for either side. But uh, definitely refreshing to see. You know, ex- excited for that part of the future for sure. So this is a, I think I have an expert here. Uh, Professor Granny, put your uh, hat on for us real quick. Would you say the Tucson experiment has been a resounding success? Pretty good success? Middling success? We'll just look at all the players on the roster this season that have come up from Tucson and played pretty major roles on our team. And over the last several years, Garland is a product of Tucson. Um, Bunting is a product of Tucson. Aiden Hill is a product of Tucson. And even looking at Soderstrom, Soderstrom looked lost his first two games played. He just looked like a deer in the headlights, just scared to make a mistake and scared to make a move to, like I said, the immense improvement he showed in the second time. That's due to Tucson. Um, Yannick started out the season really well in Tucson, then had a long stretch in Tucson where he wasn't there and then started coming along at the end of the year. And you could tell that when we called him up. He scored two goals. It's hard to ask for more out of a prospect than to score two goals in two games. Just over and over, Tucson has been amazing for our team. It's, it really has. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing, especially now with a GM that has actually built up a scouting staff and built up an off-ice management staff, I'm really excited to see how that gets utilized going forward. Definitely uh, looking forward to it, too. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to take just a few years. I wish I could somehow view it all now. I really think that we're definitely as bleak as the end of the season was, at least kind of facing the right direction. And uh, I guess uh, to start the next topic, I guess what a good segue, kind of. Uh, speaking of futures, looks like Talk It is gone which i think i don't think any of us boys here are real surprised about that to be honest with you i think we all pretty much expected that uh but at least this time it was all good words to each other seemed very amicable kind of like hey it's not just me it's you it's both of us kind of thing uh so i guess chase uh what are you uh what are you making of all of it do you have any any Last words, send off words for him. Not like he died. Sorry about that. No, you're good. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was expected. I mean, we kind of touched on it. You know, we were kind of looking at it from the team perspective of, uh, you know, should he come back and whatnot? And then kind of also touched on it from his point of view that, uh, you know, would you want to come back when we're kind of facing this rebuild thing? Um, you know, he's been a part of some not so great teams since he took over. And, uh, you know, talk it's, you know, like I've said in the past, one of my favorite Coyotes players, um, you know, from, from the past and, uh, just a solid dude and I, nothing personal against the guy, but I, I did feel like, you know, it was time, 
for us to move in a different direction, find, you know, a coach that uh, GMBA can, you know, pick himself and kind of, you know, tie his, uh, tie his rope to and, you know, have his own guy running things down there. Even though I think Tockett did do a pretty good job. I didn't always like his lines that he put together, but kind of have to shuffle things around and play with the cards that you're dealt and all that good jazz. But, uh, you know, it's definitely was expected and, He's going to go on and he's going to have success. I, I know he will. He's a good coach. I think, uh, you know, with the right situation, um, you know, he'll flourish and probably do some pretty good things as a head coach. What about you, Grandy? Yeah, I mean, overall, my sentiment is pretty much the same. I, I really don't think these issues are Tockett's fault. Um, when you boil it down and when you look at it, his defensive scheme was on point almost always. We just we didn't have the talent level offensively. We still don't have the talent level offensively, and we're quite a bit away from having the talent level offensively to really carry an offensive scheme going forward. I don't. It's, it's this year especially. I think really gets undersold how good of a job Tockett did. We had. Two players score over 40 points in Chikrin and Kessel. That's it. We also had one of the five, or we were bottom seven in save percentage from our goalies. So between having essentially bad goalie play for most of the year and um, but a non-existent offense. To be in that position we were at the end of the year is pretty phenomenal, and really speaks to the job that Tockett did with, I mean, an AHL roster towards the end of the year. I mean, we had guys up that have that had no business being on an NHL team. But I also do agree, it was time to move on, both for him and for us. Time to move forward. Time for GMBA to get his guy in. And speaking of which, as a good friend of the pod, Tony James from our uh, game chat, pointed out to me, actually, a name that I really like that has connections to both the Tucson Roadrunners and GMBA is uh, Mike Van Rint. He was uh, the 2016-17 head coach of the AHL Tucson Roadrunners, where he had a record of 42-20-6, and and then has been with the Blues ever since. He's come up through the ranks. He's done everything right. He's been on a good team and on a good coaching staff and did a pretty good job with Tucson, as we've, as we're, as we've seen. That that's all. But that's about all I got to say on it. What about anything to add, Tyler? Yeah, I, mean, I think uh, we just both kind of, you know, at some point you kind of just grow past each other. You know, not to make it too, you know, uh, personal sounding or whatever. But yeah, and I think you'll find great success. I think uh, on the natural hat trick, they said that New York would be a good fit for him, and even maybe Seattle might be something. And I and like you guys said perfectly. I mean. We had essentially a minor league roster in the NHL. I mean, wh- who can really? I mean, you can get the most legendary coach of all time, and 
I mean, where are you going to go? You know, but at the same time, uh, again, as you guys have perfectly nailed, uh, a lot of things he did right. And I think uh, the goalies, I think, did as good as they did under his system. I think one of you, I think Granny might have mentioned that at some point, either through game chat or something. Um, yeah, I just think uh, just wish them both the best. I hope I worry about our replacement. I hope we get a good name. I hope I have faith in GMBA is not let me down yet, but I want to worry who we get. But I guess the only time will tell, and we'll be there to report it because we're a hockey podcast. So, nothing else to add. I guess we can uh, talk about something hopefully exciting. Vegas did give us odds for it, and usually they're when they give out odds, they've done their research. Um, as the hockey world already knows, uh, Mr. Eichel is looking for a trade, or each shell, as I thought it when he first I first saw his name years ago. Um, is up for a trade from Buffalo, understandably so. And I guess what I'm going to ask you, boys, is if you were in the seat of GMBA, what are you giving up to get him? Uh, can be unrealistic. You can give me something... Whatever you think uh, it's worth. Whoever wants to go first? Um, I'll go first. All right. It is, it's really tough with the position we're in where we just, we lack, we have three really good prospects and then we lack after, I'm sorry, we have four really good prospects. Then we're really lacking after that in tradable assets. We don't really have first round picks to give away. It's really surprising to see us listed as third highest odds to get him for those reasons. But Vegas has done their homework. They must know that we have an attractive, an attractive option to them. So at, uh, that can only, to me, mean members of our current core. Now, how much can you give away that when you get him, if you get him, you don't become Buffalo 2.0, where it's Eichel holding up a roster of garbage. Call it Buffalo West. Yeah, Buffalo West. We used to be the Chicago Blackhawks West, now we're Buffalo and the, West. Car- and the Cardinals were Pittsburgh West. That was pretty weird, too. Comparing all those Pittsburgh guys was years ago, Ken Wisenhut and all that stuff, but that's a aside. But I think for me, the deal I could see, I could see being somewhat realistic as long as the injury news around him has affected his trade value. And before I get into that, let's talk about what his injury, what that injury news is. Essentially, it's his neck, isn't it? Yeah, he's having back issues. And apparently, he's been told by doctors. That he should go in for a replacement disc surgery, which no active NHL player has been able to get and still play. Oh, um, boy. Now, medicine is always taking leaps forward, but that's still a scary thought. Um, yeah, Baxter, that's a pretty serious one, for sure. Um. So, having said that, what I could see us giving up if his value has been lowered for those reasons stated, is a deal centered around a Christian Dvorak, Bear Tatan, 
2023 first round draft pick. A couple other second optional or second conditional first draft picks. And some other minor prospects, maybe a Matthias Michelli in there, who's who's our fourth prospect in that list. I would do everything in your power to keep one of Hayton and Yannick and keep Soderstrom since you don't have another defenseman prospect coming up. It's going to be a tight, tight trade if we're trading for Eichel. That's really rolling the dice there with all those names you said. Huge roll of the dice. And it's a huge roll of the dice, and that's where it gets... It's, it's scary. It gets it's, dicey. I, it, it brings up the question if we're in the right... If we're in the right stage for it. And I go back and forth on that myself. On one hand... We need that first line center. That's true. But we'll with a better back. I, I mean, Eichel. Eichel would be... I mean, and the only other way to get one is through the draft. Which we don't get. So you're, uh, you're talking about sucking for two years, hoping to get that top three pick in the right draft. It's a card if, for Bedard. I mean, as an, as an example, if we had our pick in this one and we were picking top third, there's probably not a first-line center in this draft, a guaranteed first-line center in this draft. There's guys that could be it, maybe, possibly, but there's not a guaranteed one in there. And the shining yep, light of the Jacob situation. What, that's what led us to draft Peyton over um, Quinn Hughes and uh, the Detroit Red Wings prospect. I'm blanking on his name. Zadina? Yes. Zadina. Not that I'm a Red Wings fan. But, but uh, it's something, as I've said, I go back and forth on it, and I still don't know how I feel about it. I'd love to see him in a Coyotes uniform, but that is a lot of risk. That is a huge package. Even this lesser package, which this would be on the lower side of what they could get. Uh, I don't know if I take it. I'll be honest. I mean, I know we need a, a superstar center, and I know that he is that guy. But with the surgery, I mean, if no one's come back, I mean, I know the chances there. I know medicine takes leap forwards. But I don't know. I mean, I, we have just – if you didn't have bad luck, you wouldn't have any luck at all, especially I think it's all Arizona teams, let's be honest. Uh, I mean, our luck, we do get him. He does come back, and he gets that one – Good hit, and that's it. He's an anchor. That's like my as a big fear. But at the same time, oh, what's up? And that that is also just as just so we're on as we're on the subject. That is also why I said specifically a twenty twenty three draft pick. Um, the plan would be to get him and probably have him miss the entire see, next yeah. season. So you're still in for a rough, a rough year next year. So you'd get the decently high 2022 draft pick. Possibly even Shane Wright, who would then be another top center to put in there with Eichel and lower the risk slightly. But that risk is ginormous. and It's a gamble. 
It's a gamble. What uh, what are your thoughts on this chase? I haven't heard uh, haven't heard anything from you yet. Yeah, um, you know, I've I've kind of teetering, I teeter back and forth on this one too, and yeah, I, I definitely realize that you know it's, it would be a huge gamble and a huge ass to get to get them and all that good stuff. Um, I just, I, I mean. I, I I think you just gotta you gotta try and do what you gotta do to get them here. Like these, obviously, we've been a franchise since 1996. We've had maybe one true legit number one center. These things don't just grow on trees. Uh, so when one becomes available, you know, I mean, but then I get into the mindset of you know we're not we're not ready for this, but you know then also kind of kicking the can down the line. Um, you know, he's going to miss that significant time that you alluded to. Um, and then, you know, hopefully come back and be solid and, and stuff like that. And, you know, we can pair him with uh, the young couple talents that we can't separate with to get him. And also, you know, like a fresh new pick like you uh, had alluded to. Uh, I just, you know, gambling on the draft and, you know, where you're going to finish and, you know, what spot you get drawn in the lottery. I, I just feel like we always miss out on them there too. So it's it's like, I mean, what based on history, I, I just feel like I mean you, you've got to go and see what it's going to take and do your best to to get a guy like this in the building. See, and that that is another that is another excellent point there, Chase. With if you're going through the draft, it's just as big of a gamble. I mean, yeah, like I said. He said it. I mean, we don't get, we never win the draft lottery anyway. If we didn't have bad luck, we'd have no luck at all. So I totally, I mean, I, that's definitely. But you you also can't go in with that mindset. You can't go in with the mindset of, oh, if we don't have bad luck, we don't have any luck. Because you're shooting yourself yeah. in the foot if you go in with that mindset. But you also can't plan on getting the first overall pick in a rebuild. Because if that's your whole plan in a rebuild, Again, you failed already. Um, I've talked at length in the group chat and amongst us about how much I love both Shane Wright and Connor Bedard in two and three years, respectively,'s draft. Um, but those are the first overall picks. I mean, those two guys are already known this far out that they're the first overall picks. You have to win the lottery to get them. And if you don't, what's the chances that you draft another Dylan Strom? I mean... That's true. That's true. It would cost us a bunch. As long as you're not giving up. I think if you did the trade I said where you're giving up Dvorak and Hayton as the two biggest pieces of the trade. You're coming back in two years. You have a first line of, we'll say Eichel, Keller, and maybe Michelli there. Then you have a second line of Schmaltz, Bunting, Garland. Then you have a third line of Yannick, enter name, enter name, and Josh Dillon. 
you're looking pretty good down the middle there. You're looking better than we have <laughs> ever, even including yeah. Ronick years where Ronick was really our only top center. It's just well, fortune favors the bold, right? And that's just it. The fortune favors the bold. And again, most of the time, Vegas doesn't just put these odds out there for any reason. Oh, no. And I saw that. I definitely was like, holy crap. We saw Biz Nasty put, you know, the Coyotes on this bit and chicklets, but we're like, yeah, of course he does. But then I saw Vegas. I was like, holy crap. This is something. Vegas doing it is a whole nother. Oh, for sure. A whole nother stratosphere. I don't know what they know. I wonder. I just would, again, to be a fly in the wall over there and just know what they know. Like, how did they, what little insider do they have over there? It's got to be Dvorak on a good team-friendly deal who is a good middle six center already and is just, he has a ton of trade value. Dvorak, I've talked about this before where, in my mind, even over Connor Garland, Dvorak has the second most trade value on our team outside of anyone other than Chikrin. Gotta keep Chikrin. Gotta keep Chikrin. Yeah, Chikrin's not going anywhere, and that's just it. If you get rid of Chikrin yeah. to get Eichel, taking a step back, just, well, you just cut off your yeah. nose to spite your face. That's all you just did. So, I'm fine giving up the Vork. I'm fine giving up Hayton. It's going to hurt, especially if Hayton hits the potential we think he could. Yeah, our luck, but maybe not. Maybe it's but Buffalo, yeah, maybe not. after all. They kind of have worse off than us. They're, they're Coyotes East, maybe. Maybe Hayton is another Dvorak, which, yeah. again, is a really good player, a really valuable player. But something that we don't need at this moment in time. We need the Jack Eichel. I've, we talked about it after Tockett was fired. About how there's this false perception that Tockett led. Tockett was the reason for the dumpins, and it's no the only center we have that's capable of bringing the puck up through the middle, where it's the easiest to do, is Schmaltz. No other center can really do anything other than dump and chase, dump and chase, dump and chase. Getting Eichel would be such a huge boost for that. I'm not even know what to do with ourselves. What would Coyotes fans? I mean, holy crap. It'd be bigger than the Taylor Hall thing. And that was pretty big. A stat I saw in a recent Craig Morgan article was of how many high-danger shot assists Clayton Keller and Connor Garland have gotten. Um, high danger shot assist is essentially they pass, they make a pass to a teammate, and that pass turns into a scoring chance. And both of them were pretty high up there, even amongst the ranks of the NHL. What that tells me is they're both great playmakers that should have had more points this year. And this is something we've talked about before. Both Garland and Keller should have had more points this year. Nobody on this team could finish. For sure. Don't have that one-two punch. I mean, that's what you need. 
getting an Eichel in there and evening out the talent a little bit more, it just makes all of that click a lot better. Um, it is. And moving Schmaltz down to a second-line center, it's where he belongs. Ouch. Um, he's not a first-line center, in my opinion. I don't think in anyone's opinion. Well, but, uh, I don't know. Facebook fan, maybe. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think I've talked more than enough on this subject. If you guys have any other thoughts that you want to bring into it. Uh, I do. Chase, do you want to go? No. No, no, I'm good, man. I've, I've said my piece about it. Um, you know, I, I hope it's, it's something that, uh, you know, we can find a way to come out on top on and, you know, get get him here. But it'll be interesting to watch nonetheless, and, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. I still think the most likely thing is he ends up in L.A. or New York. Coincidentally, yeah. number one and number two to get him. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think so, too. But... You never know. I mean, look, yeah. remember the J.J. Watt? I hate to bring up another Arizona sport, but J.J. Watt, I remember seeing a thing that was like, oh, he's, he's going to go to Green Bay or whatever, and then he went to the Cardinals. We weren't even on the list. They didn't have odds for us, and yet here he is in Arizona. So you never know. You never truly know, I guess. Yep, and I, I keep on thinking that, uh, you know, you, you've got this new GM in, he's about ready to pick his own coach, and um, I feel like he's probably extra motivated to get in here. Get Obviously, he's got in here for the last year and stuff like that, but I feel like he's probably looking to make a splash. Might get a parade well, for this and, if he pulls this off. Get a whole parade. And GMBA was the assistant GM on the Blues when they made the trade for Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. Oh, dang. And That's right. Ryan O'Reilly became their first-line center and led them to a Stanley Cup. So I guess it's time um, to let him work. And not only that, he was a Buffalo center. Um, there's, there's a lot of parallels there that kind of show that this might be something that he is indeed looking at. Maybe that's why Vegas said that, you think. You know, no, that kind of makes sense. I kind of think that too, now that you even said it. You're getting me persuaded. Yeah, like I said, the uh, there's there's reasons to see it. And I, could, and I do think the Boric is a huge part of it because I think he'd be one of the centerpieces of the trade, no matter what it is. Um, but yeah, GMBA came into this. One of the very first things he said was this this franchise has lacked a first-line center, and that is his goal number one, is to get that, whether it's whether Hayton develops into that or whether he trades for one or whether he drafts one, that is that is priority number one. I mean, more important than getting us a coach right now is getting us that first-line center. Name me, take out the Golden Knights and name me an elite team without a first-line center. Can't think of one, personally. Yeah. I mean, just off the top of my head, at the, midnight. The Knights, the Knights don't have a great center. The Wild don't have really any centers. But outside those two teams, every other team in the playoffs has a, t- a center I can look at and say, yeah, that's a first-line center. Like a quarterback. Oh. It's it's 
the most important position on the ice for so many reasons. Um, your play goes through it. The center of the ice is how you control play. And the center, he's called center for a reason. That's where he plays. That's where his zone is. Just, we need a first-line center, man. And hopefully we get one. I do have, and I've said it before, I got faith in GMBA. I really do. I mean, even the small additions he did this year with uh, Pitlick and all that added a bit of grit. I mean, I, I, he's got my trust until uh, he doesn't, I guess we could say. But, well, I guess we'll see this offseason. It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm looking for, I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm also looking very, very forward to it, too. I think it'll be fun. I, at least I hope. I keep telling myself that. But positive news if i can try and spin that our way we have some world champion playing coyotes and i wrote down hill because i actually forgot him the first time we have hill bunting kemper and garland i don't think i miss anybody i think right because you have three for team canada one for team usa right i don't think there's anybody else no i don't i think that's it think so um I know we were supposed to have other guys like Krauss was supposed to be on Team Canada. Oh, and Shane Doan. He's a GM, assistant GM of uh, Team Canada. Which, which, which is why so many Coyotes are on Team Canada. Uh, <laughs> playing for the home team, baby. But, uh, but yeah, no, no, um, really nice to see our goaltending duo get in there. Kemper didn't have the best year. No. This, he, was, he was not Kemper this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, even before his injury, he wasn't Kemper. Yeah, it, it it I know I'm gonna get beaten up for saying that because he is this he's been this franchise for the last two years. But you're not wrong. I I agree with you. I'll, it I'll... is nice to see him in there, and it's gonna be a nice, nice little breath of fresh air for him, and it's gonna be nice to see Aiden Hill get that. It's going to be nice to see Aiden Hill get some experience before he goes off to uh, Seattle. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding, right? Oh, God. Please, no. Uh, and then I do really like the fact that both Bunting and Garland look like they're going to be called on to be major contributors for their team. Which is good for Bunting. I mean, I'm not saying it's not good for Garland, but I mean, Bunting, the kid, he worked hard and busted his butt yeah. to get up to where he is and to make... The team can't, can't imagine how that feels, you know, wanting to play for Team Canada probably all his life. I mean, that's, I feel just really good for him. What a good year for Bunting. Really glad that it all worked out for him. Yes. I mean, he, he came up and, what was it, double digit goals and, what was it, 20 games or something like that? And I can't even remember how, like, uh, what, where he ranked on like our goal leaders for the year, but. <laughs> It was some ridiculous number with only playing, you know, quarter or whatever, a little bit less than that of the year. So that was cool. And with uh, Garland on Team USA, I talked about how this draft doesn't, it, it really lacks a surefire number one center. Well, one of the guys that could potentially be that, Maddie Benier, is going to be on Team USA and might even get some time with Connor Garland. So it's going to be interesting to see how that looks and how that does it. I'm not saying they're going to be on. I'm not going to say that uh, we're going to draft Maddie Benier. We're not going to have a high enough pick to. It's going to be interesting to see how Garland does. Right. With 
a decent center, essentially. Um, Might make his value go up from his contract negotiations. Uh, you can't really up his value based off of Team Canada, where he's probably the best forward Canada's going to suit up. But um, there's not a lot of NHLers playing in the World Championship this year. So this value is not going to raise from that any more than it already has. But uh, it's just nice to, for him to get some off-season work and get in there and work and practice and get some game time in. Um, just roll yeah, he's sure. <laughs> take it on pretty well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I know Definitely. I know Keller made the decision not to go to Team USA himself. And that's the right decision. Why? Did they say why? Yeah, because what he needs to work on what he needs to work on is adding weight. He's not gonna do that on the ice. Um his plan is from what I understood, his plan is to essentially hit the gym hard essentially now. Crunch some Arby's up. That's some good that'll put some weight on you for sure. But, but yeah, he's a. That's what he needs. Is he needs, he just needs some good training reps to be able to handle the corners a little bit better. To be able to handle the the beating the corners a little bit better than he does. And you know, speaking of Garland, of uh, Garland though, I did defend him. By the way, I forgot to tell you the other day. I actually defended him from a detractor. I am a, I'm a changed man, Grandy. I'm part of the Church Garland of the Keller now. Keller, uh, Keller. I, I I did it. I defended him. I've been baptized in the waters of Keller's sweat. Best fifteen bucks I ever spent. Oh, I know that Shinerbach was amazing. By the way, not sponsored, but could be. <laughs> Love Shinerbach, but yeah, it was uh, actually our guest next week. Hype, hype, hype. Uh, he said something about it. I was like, actually, if he had decent line mates. And I was like, oh, man, look what he's done. I've been baptized. I drank the Kool-Aid. That is Keller's sweat, man. It's, uh, yeah, you were right. I was wrong. But I got Shinerbach out of it. So did I actually win the bet? I did. But you kind of did, too. I don't but know. It's fine. Did I actually win that bet? I I'm starting to think so. I never went into that to win the bet. I went into that to get you to appreciate Keller in a different light. He could have just bought me the beer and said, hey, appreciate Keller, and I probably would have done it just the same. You have to risk your... No, 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 let's be real. Let's be real. Having money on it made you look at him in a different way. Okay, I'll give you that. Maybe a little bit, but I can't give you too much of a W. Uh, I ain't that way. (laughs) Gotta play hard to get. The crap push. I did. I did. I, I did defend him. And Keller, if you ever happen to listen to this, I'm sorry I ever doubted you. Please forgive me. And Keller, if you ever listen to this, just know I've been your steadfast defender since day one. That is and true. I believe. Yeah, that definitely. Uh, he's not making that up. So please sign a puck form or something if you happen to somehow hear this. It will look great next to my Yanny Neek stick. That's right. You did. Yeah, you did send that to the group chat, didn't you? There you go. That'd be dope. And I did look it up, Chase. Bunting did score exactly 10 goals in 21 games played. I looked it up for you. Yep. I which, was tied for, which was tied for six with Nick Schmaltz. Unreal, man. 
Yeah, it is unreal. The bunting was real. He was out there. I will say, though, that Kraus should have finished with more, and I don't think Kraus is going to have a year like he had this year. Because Kraus' year that this year was no. not as bad as the numbers make it look. And that's why it's so frustrating when you just look at a stat sheet. Because how there many pipes did he hit this year? All of them. He I had to have had every 12, time. 12, 15 pipes, put half of those in the net, and he's up in 10, 11, 12 goals, which, while not a great year, is a vast improvement. Um, it's just, at the end of the, the end of the day, our roster had too many Dryden Hunts and John Haydens and Jordan Osterleys and Lane Petersons. You're just going to call it the entire roster, huh? Just like that? <laughs> just going to call them all out? They're playing roles that they shouldn't have been playing. That's what it comes down to. Yep. Dryden Hunt would make a great fourth liner in a great uh, reserve forward. He's not a third liner. Yep, I agree with that. But anyways, that's just... He just called on half the team. Shoot, he was out on a power play. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, what is... Oh, man. Some of our power play units we put out was just like, oh, my gosh, I bet I bet they'll never get another chance ever. Right? To be on the power but you know play. what? They got the experience, so there's that. But Yeah, yeah no kidding. But luckily... Jeez, that was an amazing segue. We're now three for three for a regular season wrap-up. But this time, I'm very, very happy to announce that we have a sponsor in Raise Energy. Uh, if you use our promo code CHIRPINYOTIS at checkout at their website, you will save 15% off, and it goes to supporting your favorite fan-made Coyotes podcast. I actually wrote that down to remember all that to say that. And if you want a... a Flavor recommendation. Gotta say the Apollo. I uh, am a huge fan of the can's design. It's full of awesome USA stuff with an astronaut. It tastes like a melted bomb pop, but not in a bad way. And bomb pops are awesome. I mean, if you're any kid that had a bomb good pops. summer growing up, you had a bomb pop. That's just the way that it is, Randy. Yeah, what's your name's Grandy. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. This guy doesn't... He loves Bomb Pops, especially the Apollo flavor by Ray's Energy. So again, guys, thank you for sponsoring us, and please check out the website using our promo code CHIRPINYOTIS, like it's spelled in our Twitter handle, uh, for 15% off. So, now that our ad break is out of the way, I asked you guys earlier this week to give me three favorite memories of the season. I know it has been a... Oof, been a season... But I think we all came up with some really cool answers um, for our moments. So I can go first. You guys can go first. How do we, how are we arranging it this time? You guys go first. I feel like I've kind of dominated this pod so far. So you guys go first and take your time. I will. I'll go first. I typically go last. So you know what? I'll go first. Let me let me take Grandy's spot. So I'm going to start by just doing us a small. Uh, what do you call that? Uh, Oh my goodness, the word escapes me. Honorable mention. And I gotta say, for an overall league thing, the reverse retros. I think that was a really, really fun idea after a really, really trying year for a lot of people. 
2020, to say the least, was really not a good year. Um, not just the loss of sports, but just the whole mess. So it was really cool to see a lot of cool memories and the NHL honor its legacy with the reverse retros. That being said, we got the best one. Colorado's is pretty good, but ours is the best because it's got purple in it. And I think that's really rad. Uh, but my first memory, uh, these are no particular order, is actually the Kessel hat trick. And it happened to be in the reverse retros, so double. Um, I'm a huge Kessel fan. Before he was a Coyote, named my dog after him. Uh, I have his reverse retro jersey, actually. When I was wearing it, when he did score that, so um, that was just a cool moment. It's definitely it's good to see him kind of hit back his normal Phil Kessel form. And uh, my second one uh, wasn't really so much a on-the-ice moment, but a, a really touching moment. Uh, the uh, skating for Layton celebration we did back in what was it February? Uh, the fact that someone <laughs> skated across the valley, 96 miles, um, to honor a very special little girl was was it was a good moment. I think it was a just beyond class act by our organization, by any organization. I don't know if anybody else has ever, to my knowledge, done something like that. And that, that was amazing. Really, really good job on that Coyotes. It, it, see, it shows that. This ownership is trying. I know we had some, again, bad news brought up, but it, at least to me, it shows that they are dedicated to what they got going on here in Arizona. And lastly, uh, the Blue Series, the series where we had the most hope. Um, it was just fun. Uh, the two teams tweeting each other on Twitter and just the, the games themselves were just a fun, fun to watch. Really enjoyed them. Uh, Eller looked good. I can say it there. I've defended him twice now. That's double the beer. And uh, I think that's it for me. Uh, Chase, are you ready? Yeah, those are all good good stuff, Tyler. Um, I like all those moments as well. <clears throat> um, mine are in no particular order either. Um, this just kind of going like freshness in my brain, I, I guess. Uh, but Garland's last goal, I mean, it was a beauty um just kind of coming down the left side of the ice i believe he flips it up off of his backhand and bats it out of uh midair with his forehand to finish it off and he would have loved to see that be the last goal of the season but uh you know san jose ended up coming up and tying it and then having to pull that one out but awesome goal he loved to see it um like i said he's just exuding confidence you don't you don't make plays like that all the time so definitely uh Cool highlight style goal that uh, you know can go on Sports Center or NHL, um, you know highlight shows and stuff like that, which we don't get a lot of because of our lack of offensive talent that we've touched on. Um, continuing in that uh, offensive trend, the rise of bunting. We touched on it already. Ten tucks in twenty-one games, um, which is unreal. We love to see his story and. Um, have him come up and get success, and then that same run also getting him a shot uh, with Team Canada this summer. So uh, just a really cool sequence of moments, I guess, for him. Um, and then when we uh, finally put together our, you know, I would say at the time, our, our best three offensive assets with the short leash line, I enjoyed watching them play and then, you know, kind of bummed when we had to split them up, whether it was injuries or, um, you know, just lack of depth and having to try to, you know, elevate other players on other lines and having to stick them down there. But 
loved watching those guys play. Um, I feel like the chemistry that they had was amazing, and you know it was just a joy to watch. But uh, those are my three. Grandy, you want to finish this one up? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, my three. Uh, I think this was the Blue Series. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. But when we are coming back from a three-goal deficit, and with the dying seconds of the game, Keller had that great goal to tie the game and bring us to overtime that we eventually won. That that goal was amazing. Just that was cool, and I can't remember who that was against Grandy, but I do recall that goal. That was sweet. I know I, it was. I I can remember the goal. I can remember the circumstances surrounding it. I cannot, for the life of me, remember who was in who the opposing jerseys were. But yeah, that goal and how it happened, and oh, just chills, just awesome. And then Chickren's Hattie, Chickren became a legit superstar this year, and. For him to get the hat trick during the season. Just, it was an incredible season from an incredible defenseman. Um, something I hope continues. And then my third, very recent memory. Yan Yannick. I have followed his career since Hamilton Bulldogs. I have seen him play in the juniors. I have seen him play in the AHL. That second goal he scored, where he scored it on the rush, flipped it just over the goalie's shoulder. There was just enough space to fit a puck through. Just. Everything I've wanted to see from him. Since I've watched him with the Hamilton Bulldogs, just amazing. I loved seeing that. It was truly fantastic and a great memory. And something I hope continues into next year and beyond. I think it will. It seems like he's going to be a good one. I really hope so. Oh, yeah. Same here. Yep. So, oh, yeah. Actually, before I forget, I just remembered in the midway through Chases. Um, I also like the Blue Series because it was actually what our first episode was about of this podcast. It was recorded <laughs> during That's that great. crazy winter storm. I had to use an office that was super echoey. I'm sure I haven't listened to the audio since then. I'm sure it sounds awful. Um, but that was our first series. That was the first thing we covered. That was a good time. That's for sure. That was a good time. How innocent we were to think that we were going to uh, be fourth place. Such a fever dream now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> what a collapse. What a season. But, you know, I had fun. Uh, I think this uh, podcast definitely made it more fun. Uh, talking hockey every day is something I've always wanted to do, and I get to do that now. Uh, but it is the off season for the Coyotes, and we have a couple ideas going around. Um, we are planning to do a live draft feed uh, with listeners and us and all that good stuff, either through Twitter rooms or spaces, whatever it's called, or Discord here. And then I think we're doing something for the expansion draft as well, which I'm sure will be full of all kinds of posting and memes and such. And a couple other off-season topics I can't think of any on the top of my head, except for our guests next week. Uh, kind of like our, I guess, kicking off the off-season 
officially, right? I guess that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So just a more, probably a lot of off-topic slash talking all kinds of cool playoff moments uh, next week. But any relevant news that pops up, uh, which probably won't be too soon, we'll definitely be covering it here. Um, I can't think of anything else. You guys think uh, any other things you want to discuss before we wrap it up? No, nah, just yeah, obviously. Oh, oh sorry, Grandy, go ahead. No, you go ahead, man. Okay, uh, just wanted to you know say thanks to you boys. Um, it's obviously something that we had kind of kicked around towards the beginning of the year, and then kind of this kind of just was born mid mid season, not too long into it, but definitely glad that we decided to do it. It's always fun talking hockey with the boys and uh, you know getting together. And obviously, can't thank the listeners enough. We do appreciate you. Um, you know, this is uh, you know something that we set out to you know try to make something for the fans by the fans type type of deal. So uh, can't thank you guys enough. And while this uh, you know season did come to an end, not the way we'd like to, uh, I still look forward to talking with all you guys and engaging and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, we got hopefully a lot brighter, you know, stuff or seasons coming up that we'll be right there covering. And uh, just can't wait to, you know, kind of get through this darker period and get on to some hopefully deep runs that we can cover in the future place. Randy, any wrapping up thoughts? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for the support, for the suggestions, for the feedback. We appreciate every bit of it. Um, and thank you, Tyler and Chase, for doing this with doing this with us or me. This has been a blast. It has, it has made a really tough season or tough end of a year far more enjoyable and far and something that's far easier to look forward to every week, knowing that I get to discuss it with two people that have become pretty pretty good friends of mine. Um, as, uh, as the season wraps up, we look forward to bringing you all your off season news, our thoughts on it. And if we do have something happen, we've already discussed. (laughs) If we do have something (laughs) drastic happen, we have already discussed. We will probably be rushing to put together a emergency podcast that night. Won't be very long, it, um, but it would just be something where we kind of give our general thoughts and then touch more on it in the next upcoming podcast. But over this off season, we're not going to be recording podcasts as often as we have been. Um. It's the off season. There's not as much to talk about. It's mainly going to be guests and more fun stuff like that. And we're going to live our own lives, but we do appreciate every listen and every every bit of feedback we get. Um, thank you all. Thank you, Tyler and Chase. And looking forward to seeing what the Coyotes do this off season. You guys said it best. Um, so from all of us here, uh, we will see you. Well, actually, we'll drop another episode next week with our special guest. Um, he's a family member of mine that was involved in 
not only introducing me into hockey, but just a really cool guy. I talk hockey with him every day too, and figured he'd be fun to have on the pod. Uh, like I said, we do have some more off-season content planned, so uh, stay tuned. Uh, make sure you follow our pod on Twitter for any cool updates, polls, things like that. And if you do decide to get some Mint Rays Energy Drinks, remember to use our promo code CHIRPINYOTIS at checkout to save 15%. Uh, I guess that's it for all of us here at the Chirpin' Yotis. You guys have a fantastic day, night, and goodbye.